This is Game Theory, a podcast about competition, strategy, and decision-making, hosted by me, Nick Andrews, and my brother, Chris. In this episode, it's our holiday party. Happy holidays to you, Player 3. Happy holidays, Nick. Cheers. Man, the end of the year can't come soon enough. Cheers, y'all. Bring it on. Yeah. Cheers. So we're going to do some uh, episode statistics without any hard numbers for those of you advertisers and competitors out there. Can't know our real numbers. Size doesn't matter. It's a myth. Yeah. Well, that's what I've been telling myself and anybody who will listen for years, really. Yeah. And we're going to talk about our demographics, the year to come. And we're going to do a year in review, our favorite episodes, our favorite topics. We also have some advice on how to win Hanukkah and Christmas. Happy Hanukkah to you, Chris. It's day three-ish. I think it's day two of Hanukkah. Yeah, as we record this ish, something like that. It's night three, something. I don't know. Ballpark. I saw a, a, a Jewish friend of mine liked a tweet that said, stop asking Jews when Hanukkah is. We don't know either. <laughs> yeah, we'll talk about that, too, about Constantine making us all like, hey, when's Christmas? I don't care. Let's party at the end of the year. And that's what we're doing here. Welcome to episode, I believe, 53 of Game Theory. And let's just get into some important stuff, which is things we may have gotten right and may have gotten wrong this year. I'm going to start with some updates that we have. Do you remember the journalist from Qatar? Yes, uh, Grant Wall. Grant uh, Wall. Rest in peace, Grant Wall. We, uh, we got an update about his stat. We, we said some things that were pretty disparaging to the yeah. Qatar government and to those involved with FIFA and it's corrupt. We stand by everything that we said that had to do with any kind of like general mm-hmm. sense of corruption, any kind of general sense of hostility. Uh, as far as specific allegations, though, no reasonable person would think we were making actual allegations. No. But uh, we were reporting what was reported by actual journalists doing actual jobs and not two dipshits sitting in front of microphones. Right. Uh, so what's the what's the latest on that? He it appears very much that he had a uh, an aortic aneurysm, which is something that can happen to random people at any given time. And theoretically, if it was a congenital situation, he would be dead if he were stateside. So, wow. However, yeah, which is, which is really unfortunate. However. A smart person would know how to like induce one of those, but, but so well. it looks like yeah, big. maybe dealt a, a bad. But this is the uh, autopsy done. I don't think it was done by his people. I think it was done by Middle Eastern. I don't think it was done in Qatar either, though. I don't really know, but I just know that this is the official diagnosis. The a, yeah, aortic aneurysm, and I have decided, uh, as a reasonable person would, to stay away from this now. And <laughs> I'm gonna. Yeah, I, th- I think that's a good call. It, it reminds me a lot of uh, that scene in the office where they have that guy working in the warehouse who is like he was a heart surgeon in Japan, number one, and Yakuza boss came in with a heart problem, so he did surgery. So oh, there's a mistake. Yakuza boss dies, and then he has to flee for his life. He's like, yeah, there's no mistake. A good surgeon. <laughs> there was no mistake. Yeah, this is this is like this yeah. is kind of reading like that. Like, oh no, yeah. crazy, yeah, crazy timing on this. Yeah, a thing in the heart that could just happen to anybody. Like, he's got a brain aneurysm, and that brain aneurysm was a bullet in his brain. Crazy. Uh, well, yeah, I mean, theoretically, it could happen to anybody, but it didn't know. happen to him. That's exactly. And right. it did happen during the World Cup, in which he was uh, rejected. He was protesting you know, silently by you know mostly wearing clothes with uh, with overt LGBTQ. Uh, pride support messages, right. uh, which any reasonable person in, an, in a reasonable government uh, wouldn't have a problem with that. Or care but, at all. Yeah. Just spend money no, in my country no. is all probably, I would care Probably about. be the norm. The most normal response is, uh, is just general lack of interest. I mean, like people can live their lives, but when you're 
a government that's interested in controlling the environment and controlling the narrative, then you like to oppress and suppress people who uh, speak out. Yeah, so it's one thing to want to be in power. It's another thing to want people underneath you to admire you. And that's that's a fun little... I've always I've often thought that the Founding Fathers were brilliant in that the greatest pacifier in human history is the freedom of speech and religion. So if you let them talk shit, they'll get over it. I mean, honestly, yeah, it's, it, it, doesn't, it doesn't take... like. Look, I'm not trying to take away from activists here, uh-huh. but it really doesn't. It, it it takes more courage to speak out in an oppressive government, like an authoritarian government mm-hmm. or like a dictatorship. Like it takes much more courage to protest in Russia than it does to protest here, because like the the government of the United States as a democracy was specifically designed to be criticized. Yep. It was specifically designed so that people could speak out in opposition or in protest. I mean, that's 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 the the structure of a constitutional democracy. Right. And uh, so shout out to people around the world who were willing to protest and stand up for what they believe is right in the face of actual consequences. Whereas here, people dislike what you say on Twitter, and that's about it. A couple other points of clarification. It was Stadium 974 that is the one that is built and torn down and built and torn down. I don't know what I said, but not 974. And we've got an update on our uh, lists episode, which was about how stupid rankings are. And it turns out that one of the cheatiest cheater universities, uh, California, University of Southern California, may have cheated to get a higher ranking, mm. which we said that list is wow. just for sale. How I'm so shocked by this. Yeah, it's crazy when the rankings are for sale and people only stand to profit from getting a higher rating that's artificially inflated. Right. Who knew that a university would be incentivized to do things that are unethical or possibly illegal to try to inflate those ratings? Crazy. Yeah, I'm I am utterly shocked. This is the same university that allowed the children of starlets and not real starlets like A minus B plus list star, starlets putting, uh, putting the lets in starlets. Yeah. Except the guy was in Shameless. What's his name? He was in Shameless, and that was a good show. Uh, he was also a wild yeah. hog, so it, it balances out. So, have you seen that commercial with the guy from the the dude who is like filming the bus scene on Shang Chi? He's the guy who works at the next desk over in Severance. He's like he filmed the commercial. And he's like, hey, yeah, I'm famous, but not like famous, famous. Yeah, like, more yeah, like yeah, I'm yeah, that guy yeah, from yeah. that thing, famous. Like yeah. these are these are the people who are involved in in USC's uh, scandals. That was that was the uh, college tuition thing. Maybe that'll be a good Froster file down the road. That will do the college yes. admissions ones one of these days. Okay, well, shoot, so those we are wait points. for all the allegations to come out. Yeah, Christ, these are points of. Uh, and then why not? Why let? Why make the YouTuber that's making a million dollars? Why make them go to USC? Who cares? Anyway, yeah, regardless, irregardless. <laughs> Let's get into uh, first. Got to do company business, and then we have a company party. The first thing is uh, how awesome it is to have uh, fans, following audience, or um, bots listening to us uh, all over the world. We appreciate that. I have some numbers for you, Chris, because Spotify Wrapped does a Wrapped for podcasters, which people that like to put this out there. If you host with the right company, which is Anchor, yes. they will help yes. you learn stuff. And they helped us learn stuff about you, which is that we are in the top uh, 10 percentile of most followed podcasts out there, which is really sweet of them. We also uh, quadrupled in size um, this, on Spotify. I don't know what's going on on the other Apple and other shit, but uh, we quadrupled on Spotify for those of you green, <laughs> dot, you green dot listeners. Um, so it is pretty exciting. Yeah, it's, re- it's really great. We're, we're, we genuinely do appreciate mm-hmm. all the time you spend you know, listening to us just kind of talk about stuff. And the, the way that we kind of came up with this idea for this podcast, it was really Nick's idea. And Obviously. he said, you know, it would be great to just like learn about new stuff and talk to each other about it. Like, you know, you're closing out a work day, pull up to your buddy at the bar and say, hey, check this thing out that I found. Yeah. It's really interesting. It's really fun. And, and, you know, game theory is an endless repository of that kind of stuff. You know, the, the actual no kidding mathematics behind 
real game theory is really interesting. Uh, games of any kind, sports, obviously. You know, how do you how do you like kind of gamify some of the other aspects of your life? There's there's just an endless trove of cool and interesting stuff to learn about and to talk about. And we really appreciate you taking the time to listen to us and incorporate us into into your workouts or into your morning routine or into your commutes or, right. or wherever you may listen. Yep. Uh, we appreciate you, and uh, we're, we're delighted that we're among the top 10% of all followed podcasts. That tells me a couple of things. Mm. That, that tells me that uh, maybe there just aren't very many good podcasts out there. I mean, mm. there are some that are elite, and then there's other ones. There that are definitely are like not us. enough white guys in their 30s talking into mics, for sure. Yeah, yeah, which is what we absolutely need more of right here. The world needs more of that, and so we're we're trying to we're trying to really solve some social issues here by by doing that exact thing. Uh, but it also tells me, man, there's just a lot of people trying to trying to listen to podcasts mm-hmm. out there, and we're we're just we're just really thankful to to have you with us, Player Three. Yeah, it's great, and uh, look forward to more stuff. We said, hey, if we get a certain amount of people, and then that once we got to that threshold, then many many other people started to follow, and now we have to do content weekly, and. Um, it's pretty hard, but we have plenty of ideas. Our our, our uh, content management system we have is full up of bullshit that we're gonna do. We have a big year, big year. We have a big year scheduled to start at the next episode, which is gonna be at George Washington, which is gonna be sick. I uh, love that. Yes. It's gonna be a Christmas episode, which will, you history nerds will know exactly what we're talking about. But there's a whole bunch of academia, like deep nerds, that probably got their graduate degrees by pu- publishing about the game theory of crossing the Delaware. So we're gonna do that. Um, I guess if this is a company meeting, I gotta talk about growth. Um, yeah, always got, always got to be talking about growth. Synergy. I mean, look, <laughs> we're synergizing yeah. right now. We're synergizing backward overflow. <laughs> I thought it was upward synergiz- upward synergizing backward up- overflow. Up, we are upward synergizing That's backward overflow. Rock. That's right. Yeah. Uh, well, we're, we're, yeah. we're going to get to uh, we're going to get to monetization in eventually. In in eventually. Oh yes, he did coin that term. What a he did. <laughs> The genius, and we like to apply all those principles here, right? Uh, so I want to do a year in review um, for part of this episode. Uh, a little Sarah McLaughlin queued, queued up and talk about our favorite <laughs> episodes and our things. We started off the year hot with an emergency math football episode, which I think yes, was, that was kind a of a, it was really cool. It was like a big moment for us. We had uh, the blog about that went kind of viral because people wanted to explain. This was, of course, when the Raiders were playing the Chargers. And they found themselves in a prisoner's dilemma where it would be advantageous for both of them if they tied. And then it almost fucking happened naturally. They were they were in overtime, or they were, yeah, they were in overtime. And then one of the coaches freaked out and didn't understand what was going on, and then tried to win the game, and then lost the game by trying to win the game when they had it. It was which was a really cool, you know, natural prisoner's dilemma. So that was fun for me. I also want to Wait, say you know, it almost comes comes full circle because so so this is uh, another treat for the the football listeners among us. Mm-hmm. Anybody who watched the Patriots Raiders game, so we're recording this yeah. the week after I think week sixteen in the NFL. Mm-hmm. No, 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 week fourteen. Yeah. Yeah, because the Lions are seven and seven. Oh, yeah, it'd, be, it'd be week fifty. Anyway, the point is the Raiders and Patriots just played. Uh, they were tied with like two seconds left on the clock. The Patriots were just going to run the ball up the middle, maybe spring loose for a touchdown, but most likely go into overtime and, and try to win the game that way. Uh, but they started to get cutesy and they started doing laterals. And after two laterals, uh, somebody on the Patriots offense just chucked the ball backward, trying to get it to like Mac Jones, <laughs> so I guess, quarterback. Funny. So and threw it directly into the hands of a waiting Raider, and I, I forget who that was. You remember what was it called? Yeah, up? it was former Patriot Chandler Jones, who was traded away in the middle of a <laughs> Super Bowl season. <laughs> so, so, so uh, I forget who it was. It gets the first lateral, but he just lobs it back there. Chandler Jones, I guess, grabs it out of midair, face plants dude, Mac Jones, and runs for a touchdown. Mordor, dude, just like in, most incredible ending I've ever seen in my entire life. And uh, so we're, we really have come full circle. Things. 
Oh, yeah. Yeah, for sure. So, like, you try to get cute and win the game, and you end up uh, losing it. Like, sometimes it is better to just go for the tie, man. Like, you cut your losses, live to survive another play. That is not what happened here. That's not what happened uh, in the Raiders-Chargers game that kicked off the 2022 year for the old Game Theory podcast. I will say that one fun thing, and we, we, we mention this every now and then, that uh, a really inspiring part of doing this has been that, like, people really are not robotic and, like, Game Theory Optimal is not a thing that exists. Because people will be like, right. oh, this is good enough. So I want to award the Game Theory Player of the Year to Volodymyr Zelensky. Because on yes. paper, they should have gotten riggedy, riggedy wrecked by Russia. And they are not getting wrecked by Russia. Which shows that yep. st- strategy matters a lot. And, but also, like, motivation and just being like, not net, no more. Last one. Blow us out the yes. face of the earth. Not going down this time. And so shouts to that guy. Yeah, in- incredible leadership shown by Vladimir Zelensky. And I-, I-, I think basically everybody in the world who isn't Vladimir Putin would agree that this is a person <laughs> who was caught in a terrible moment. No no leader wants to have to face this kind of thing. And I think he used to be like a stand-up comic mm-hmm. before he entered into politics. Correct. So really like a, like a Ronald Reagan or Donald Trump type. He did, you know, he did sketch comedies on politics and then, there's, then he just ran for president and then he got it. Yes, yeah, so it would be like a, like if John Stewart or somebody right. was was running for president, and then right. he found himself f- facing down the might of this Russian imperial army, and he has ha- absolute ice water in his veins. I mean, the dude must have been born in the Arctic because Ukraine has not flinched. You know, they, they've they've taken a huge a huge number of blows because Russia's military is very large and it's designed to. Uh, Ru- Russia's military is really not designed to do an invasion force, but you know, they uh, they had. A little bit too much of the uh, liquid courage, I think, when old Vladimir Putin was planning this this trip. I think they got a little bit too confident because you know, there was a huge expose by the New York Times. And anybody who's been following this conflict since the buildup started happening really in late 2021 knows that Russia was not planning on being at war in December 2022. They were not go- planning on kicking off 2023 by continuing to slog through the winter in Ukraine. They were planning on having this thing over in a matter of like days, if not hours. They said that initial invasionary forces should plan to have their dress uniforms and their medals with them so that they could prepare a victory parade in Kiev. They thought it would take like less than a week before they just completely overrun the country. And they, you know, they used the excuses like denazifying the country or whatever, but they basically thought they were just going to step on weak, feeble Ukraine and destroy it. And uh, if they had watched Seinfeld, Nick, they would know Ukraine is very strong. Ukraine is very ferocious. Ukraine is a very proud country. Mm. Uh, and they fought their ass off. And they've done it all year in the face of terrible, terrible adversity that nobody should have to face. Right. And Volodymyr Zelensky has shown absolute, li- like the only other person, like the only person that I think like the average American could compare him to is like maybe like Dan Campbell, like totally unafraid, <laughs> no, totally unconcerned life. with anything, just doing the right thing, yeah. just fearless, fearless in the face of adversity. And, and he's down on the ground. He's, he, he's leading people really the right way, I think. And, and so we, we got to give him, give him credit on this podcast. We're, we're pro Zelensky podcast. Yeah. Good. good yeah. Shout, I mean, honestly, a lot of admiration. I know that you're, you don't partake in TikTok, but uh, when the invasion started, uh, there were a lot of current and ex-U.S. military people, like special forces guys, who were essentially posting nonstop about, I would make out with Vladimir or Volodymyr Zelensky. He is the king of my life. And I thought I think that we should, we should trade uh, maybe Tampa and the Mall of America to Ukraine for Zelensky. <laughs> yeah, we did. Bring, bring his leadership aboard here. Yeah. Use that as much as we can. And I'd be willing what, to do the like entire state of Rhode Island. We want to throw Rhode Island in there. Like I, you got to overpay sometimes for talent. 
Uh, do you know the full name of the state of Rhode Island? Uh, Did you know it's not just Rhode full? Island? No. What? Yeah, it's like it's like Rhode Island. Uh, I'm, I'm I'm googling Rhode Island state. It's like Rhode Island and Providence Plantation or something like that. Oh, good. Uh, Rhode Island real name. Let's see. <laughs> Rhode Island, the state of Rhode Island and Providence Plantations. Oh. They don't like that last part for no, whatever reason. They, they don't really that. advertise that. Crazy. That's so shocking. I'm so shocked by that. Yeah, wow. well, you know, you got to own it. And uh, at least that, that is still technically the full name, so at least they're honest about that. But, yeah, Vladimir Zelensky, hell of a guy, hell of a hell of a leader this year. He, he was Time Magazine's Person of the Year. Yep, had to be. Uh, so we're you know, well, well deserved there. And, uh, you know, we, we, we can only hope that the tides turn somehow or, and that Vladimir Putin sees the light and, and finally gets his ass out of Ukraine and stops this nonsense, imperialistic, arrogant, self-serving war or like trips and, down uh, the stairs and like breaks his neck or something oh my God. i'm sure it'll so, fall but i don't know that we're lucky enough to have him break his neck <laughs> it's a little, little carpet cr- all wet todd why i don't know margo oh yeah welcome to the christmas party episode of, of gabe there we've got some other stuff though um the term of the year the word of the year our dictionary.com word of the year is cheater has to be holy shit cheater yeah a lot of cheating going on. We're, we're, right now, uh, so th- this isn't necessarily cheating, but I, I, I have taken to watching uh, some kind of trash television, yeah. and I'm watching, uh, I'm watching one out of four marriages dissolve on Sister Wives. Everybody uh, is. There was I didn't no, know about that, but a thing happened, dude, right? it's crazy. So a friend of mine, I uh, want to give a big shout-out to Jillian. A friend of mine named Jillian said that uh, she'd heard that seasons one through 16 of the show walked so that 17 could run. <laughs> and that's exactly what we, we, we skip straight to 17. But uh, but yeah, cheating, uh, cheating abounds. A lot of relationships getting, getting destroyed. A lot of uh, a lot of examples like that. Like, what's his name? The YouTube guy. Shoot, I brought him up. There uh, the show. Yeah, you did bring him. You up know, what I'm saying? Saying? Uh, it, uh, the Try Guys. The yeah, try the Try guys. Guy guy. Yeah, the, the ginger yeah. on Try Guys, the married guy. Yeah, the dude whose like whole brand was like, oh, I love my wife. I love my wife. And then mm-hmm. he cheated on his wife. Uh, the but producer. then, of course, there's a ton of other cheating scandals as well. I mean, we've got cheating in poker. We've got cheating in chess, allegedly. We've got cheating in bass fishing, like with verified proof. Yeah. Cheating all over the place. It's cornhole. There's cornhole cheating. Cornhole cheating, yeah. And the crazy thing is, like, both of the teams were cheating in the same way and to the same degree. So it's like, you know, cornhole. I don't know. Maybe that's a case of the rules of just being a little bit stupid. But regardless, like, just so much blatant cheating. And, uh, I don't know what I don't know what's going on in 2022. Like people thought, like the pandemic is licensed to just be crazy and like mm. try what you can and get away with it. Like man, we just we don't know how to act anymore. Well, um, we know that fraud and just general fraudulent behavior is a like the only predictor of economic recession. Wow, mm-hmm. is that right? Yeah. So, so like, with yeah. more fraud comes more economic recession. We like when there's a huge uptick in fraud and like convicted fraud and people just being fraudulent. You're like, yeah, the bad times are coming. Speaking of that, uh, Sam Bankman-Fried, whom we talked about a lot sure. in the past several episodes, yeah. recently agreed to extradition from the Bahamas. I think we, uh, on our last episode, in the middle of recording that episode, you got the we got the yeah. breaking news that he had been arrested by uh, Bahamas police. And so he's agreed to extradition, and, and he, so he's facing, uh, I think, criminal charges in the U.S. That's for, great. Um, well, I'll be honest man. with you. You know, why, you know why that is? My first gut feeling with that is, is what happened. It's like someone's, someone's going to have me murdered. I lost all because the people that invest in crypto are not the people in the Bahamas that he fucks with. Like if a, if a banker in wall street did it, you'd be like, yeah, yeah, I lost your money. Fuck off. You signed the paper. This guy does it. And he's like, Oh, I don't, I don't have any money now. And I'm in the Bahamas. Like the people that are, that he screwed that are famous. Like that's LOL. Ha ha. Tom Brady. You're so dumb. But like the dude in China or Saudi Arabia is like, 
I liked my 20 million back, child. I'm going to remove your leg now and then beat you to death with it. So that's, that's exactly, why he would love to go to prison in the United States. Well, and that, that's the, the exact plot of Casino Royale, by the way, when mm-hmm. Le Chief goes down to that warlord in Uganda and he's like, do you believe in God, Mr. Le Chief? No, I believe in a reasonable rate of return. So he was like trying to game the, the stock market, betting against the Sky Fleet be, because he had planned a terrorist attack to like destroy a plane. James Bond thwarts that. The guy loses all this money he spent betting against the stock market, and he lost his client's funds. Same situation here. Those guys in the movie went to uh, Montenegro. to They went to Casino Royale from Uganda to like threaten this guy and intimidate him and, and do all this kind of stuff. In real life, I don't know what the case is for Sam Bankman-Fried, but uh, he has agreed to extradition, and his fraudulence will go on trial. And this whole crypto thing hopefully can just go to bed. Uh, I don't know why people can. I don't. I don't know how anybody could look at this and say like, no, actually, the pretend money thing is still legit. This is just a blip on the radar. Yeah. I. I really hope it just goes to bed and and we can like kind of have our whips, wits about us and prepare to do like real like no kidding economic stuff because a recession apparently may be coming because um, of all the fraudulence or there because are, of whatever indicators. We have we're in a recession if you define it a certain way, which is consecutive quarters of um, GDP going in the wrong direction like, like, down, like downturn growth. yeah uh, which we are in but like people are still like there are plenty of jobs or maybe people aren't looking for jobs like nobody knows what's going on. it's a very weird post-covid world that we live in economically but yes he's going to prison what i'm really excited for is for all the celebrities to get fucked which is gonna be so <laughs> funny the shark tank guy how can anybody man i can't wait for the next season of shark tank to listen to all these investors be like hey you crypto fuck off i want to talk to these oh. other sharks Man, I, I would give anything to have a, a whole season of Shark Tank where it's just crypto guys and it's just Mark Cuban. Like, he's the only shark there. Yeah, yeah. So it's just like Chum Tank. Like, my God, Chum <laughs> Yeah, shark, shark Tank, the Chum Bucket. The, the Chum Bucket. I also want to say that... I So my favorite episode that we did uh, was The Dating Game because that kind of combined yep. our uh, social situations, our social lives with, like something that is essentially universal, which is partnership or non-partnership, which is really great. I, I enjoyed it, combining those two things. We're going to do more of that. I do have some hypotheses, Chris, for those, which is that um, we're going to look into... We're going to look into which shows are... For somebody who runs a podcast. Yeah, well, I mean, you know, <laughs> it is what it is. <laughs> so I do... I'm going to look at... I'm not going to do extensive research because I'm going to live my life instead, but I am going to look at which dating shows... Um, seem to indicate couples staying together longer because we were like, oh, it's reality TV. But like, no, there are some bachelors that have been married like 10 years now. It's just, that's successful by yeah. any metric. A decade counts. Like, that's legit. That's legit for sure. Um, and then other ones that are like, whoa, this is actually dark and weird and you guys are kind of fucked up for making people do this. So we're going to get into that also. Um, a lot of the swiping, the, the I'm going to call them uh, the, the freemium, dating apps like Tinders and Bumbles and Hinges and whatnot. And the swipe data are really interesting. People playing it like a game and everyone's kind of experiencing these marriage problems, which is they're getting matched. Algorithms are recommending people that are just like the least shitty option, which is not not, not what you want, <laughs> which we did that. that was, we did that in the medical match episode where it's like, it's the, it's the best non worst case scenario. That's happening on these dating apps. So we'll get it. We'll get into that. that was fun. But what was your favorite episode? Oh geez, my we, we well we had so many good episodes. I mean, it, it's hard to it's hard to argue with the uh, uh, the fraudster the wine episode. Mm, that was, yep. that was a really fun one to make because we we got to watch a documentary basically, and we got to talk about like there there was really no consequence like 
of all the people who like got screwed by fraudsters or who lost out on the or on the short end of the stick for people who like cheated in real contests, the people in the fine fine wine world, like the millions of dollars per bottle type of wine world, them losing out and getting screwed gave me the least pause of anybody. So the stakes were really low. The fraud was really interesting. The backstory of this guy was really fascinating. Of course, you know, there was like a huge bank robbery and mm-hmm. and there was like a history of like organized crime in the family of this person. But and then he was the also a genius. This guy, yeah, no, he was really smart. I mean, he worked really hard. He convinced a lot of people that his pal was just really good. And like at the end of the day, you know, he, he demonstrated genuine skill in, in understanding wine. So getting to talk about a guy with like that level of skill and that level of interest, that level of like commitment to the bit, but also like the low stakes for who's getting robbed and who's losing out. Like when one of the Koch brothers is a victim, it's like, okay, this is somebody who can handle himself because I he's got billions know, of dollars to I defend know. himself with. Nothing makes me happier than that. The, the, the Koch brother got defrauded yeah. by multiple wine tricksters. What a fucking douchebag. Truly. Yeah. But then, but then like he kind of got his revenge because yeah. he like, per, he made it his like personal vendetta. He's like, I am coming to get you. And he got him. He's like, still they, the loser. They, big arrested. picture. He's still the loser. <laughs> Yeah, look, I mean, look, far be it for me to credit a Coke brother with anything. Yeah. But he, at the, you know, at the end of the day, it, it was a really fun episode to make because of, like, the high intrigue. And like, it's it's kind of like uh, there, there's a new movie out. There's a new Fletch movie out. Did you know that? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, which, why? I don't. Yeah, the, it's uh, uh, Confess Fletch. No, really? Uh, oh. so, yeah. So, so yeah, um, John Hamm plays Fletch. Uh, John Hamm. It's not that. Chevy Chase. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah. It's, it's awesome. And he, and he totally embodies the character. But that, But that's a good one because it's like, it's high stakes because it's a movie, but it's really ultimately low stakes because it's Fletch. And it's, yeah. It, so it was a fun episode to make, and I got kind of got those vibes. I was also a big fan of the Quiet Quitting episode. Yeah, people like that one a lot. People like that one a lot. Yeah. So let's, the uh, Player 3's favorite episode by far this year was mm-hmm. The Dating Game, which makes sense. The second mm-hmm. favorite episode for Player 3 was The Monty Hall Problem, and us explaining how to explain <laughs> to people that <laughs> two thirds and one third and one half are not the same thing. And right. yeah, go back and listen to that. It's always better than this opening scene of 21, which is like when one door is open, it tells you, oh, look, uh, pick a, pick one of three. Okay, there's a, not a car behind this one. Do you want to change? Yes, I want to change for sure. That's the answer. Uh, that, that episode was fun. Got some emails on that, including uh, one email. Yeah. That Give a huge email. shout out to, do, do, you, do you have the email up? Do you, no, absolutely not. This is, no, this is the holiday party. I stopped working about two hours ago. That's fair. Yeah. Uh, I want to give a special shout out to the person who wrote the email to us saying, congratulations, this is a great episode. Like, very complimentary, very nice. Yeah. Um, but the email also said the exact thing that we said in the show, which is that people get stuck on thinking it's 50%. And so this person said, hey, nice work, but it's actually 50%. So he did the exact criticism that people have yeah. who get the Monty Hall problem wrong. Just so, remember, on the Monty Hall problem, it is a two-step process. If you're walking yes. in, it's 50-50. If you walk in at the beginning, it's two-thirds. Yeah, you can't jam those things together. It's not one step. Yes. You know, the fact that Monty Hall is going to take away one door doesn't mean that you've only ever had two doors as an option. No, the order of events precipitates the mathematical result that occurs. It's one half times 0.66. It's one half times 0.66 that ends in the result in 33%. So, you, you know, uh, I, I I cannot believe that we, we, you know, we got to experience something that, uh, that happened to the advice columnists, mm. that happened to friends of mine. Uh, who can't get who can't get over the Monty Hall problem? Uh, shout outs to Thelma and Louise uh, and and oh, their yeah, friend. That's who, right. I had to edit that episode. Yeah, Ooh, that was yeah, that was a real that yeah, was like a personal humdinger of an episode. That's, you pretty almost outed some people. Uh, yeah, so I want to give major thanks to them. But man, that was a that was a good episode. It was I, fun. I can't it, it, it was a it's there. a it's a mental. We got to find more of these mental brain teasers because like, it's one of those things where you're like, 
huh, that doesn't make any sense. Explain it to me again, but do it when I'm sober because this is really fucking weird. It makes no sense until you look at it, you know, in the correct order, which is why they do it to you. They don't, they would never put you in, a, they wouldn't open the door if the odds were 50-50. They, they want you to make the dumb decision and they know what you're going to do because it breaks yeah. your brain a little bit, which is, um, yeah, that, that episode was a lot of fun to get, to get into, yes. especially because I, I kept talking over you and you were like, we need to explain this to the people. Yes, we did. We did need to explain it. It was because it, it's so it's so hard. It's so frustrating. And like, there's nothing more frustrating than having somebody tell you, like, I know how to explain it here. I'm going to explain it to you. And then they just kind of like they don't they start talking about like the implications of the result or like how interested they are in the result. And like instead of like the way they got to the result, it's like, no, we got to we got to break this down, man. We, we have to be explicit. I was trying to head off emails like the one we received that mm-hmm. uh, that lead to the wrong conclusion, but uh, I was unsuccessful in doing so. And so, shout outs to uh, whomever it was that that wrote that email. Um, you are regrettably incorrect, uh, and we're not going to take any joy in that. <laughs> no, actually, you know what? Um, I consider it a personal failure on our part. We 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 did not do our jobs. I know. Day. I agree. The, the goal of this podcast has become to be assigned as homework instead of having to participate mm-hmm. online. It's like if you just cite a game theory episode, you don't have to post in Blackboard. That's our goal for 2023. Let's do some New Year's resolutions, Chris. That's a, that's a, that's a, that's a great goal. I, unfortunately, I think that one's going to have to be off my list because uh, our father was a minor and uh, we fucking talk like it, bud. Yeah. So nothing yeah. we can do about that. But regret it. So, oh, no, no, so no, no, New Year's resolutions. College, college. I want college professors to use college. us to get out of work. Yeah, college. Dude, I I really want that too. So someday, <laughs> professors, if you're if you're if you teach a class out there, you teach game theory, you want to talk about the stag hunt, call me up. You want to talk about stag nuclear hunt. deterrence, call me up. You want to talk about quiet quitting, call me up. Call, call us up. Call, call us up for sure. Okay, New Year's resolutions. Okay, well, since you brought it up, yeah, uh, that tells me that you have some like because resol- I've I've got resolutions. I I've, I know things I want to improve. Yeah, and I also have set some preemptive resolutions that I know I'm going to break. Yeah, so I can like have those as kind of like the dummy resolution for my real ones that like they provide me a little bit of coverage. It's like oh I didn't meet my New Year's resolution, but oh yeah no I actually met my other New Year's resolution. Okay, great call. So New Year's resolution number one for me is I want to learn Excel, and I want, but not just I want to learn Excel so that I can enter our podcast statistics and our audience numbers without clicking the mouse one time. Y- yes. Okay. I want to, I want to give a big shout out to uh, a buddy of mine from college back to uh, a guy named Chris, uh, Chris, if you're out there, there's listen many, to me, yeah, there's too many. Chris. And, yes, but he's, he, he's a fun spelling. He's a K-R-I-S spelling. Oh, nice. Good for him. Yeah. Yeah. So th- th- this is a guy, he's a super hardworking dude. Great guy. Just phenomenally nice guy. I, I really a unique, uh, a unique personage in, in my life. I, I you know, all, all the best to, to you, Chris. Uh, Chris inspired me because he said that he did like an interview. He's one of these like Wall Street businessy type guy. I don't know if he's actually on Wall Street, but he's doing like something with finance. And you know, obviously they got to have crazy same. Excel. They're skills. all the same. Well, and, and you got to know all the all the mathematical functions and all the shortcuts and all the tools and stuff. I mean, you know, this this ain't your early nineteen nineties spreadsheet here. You got to know how to how to make the tools work for you. And Chris said that he heard about people getting hazed for not you know, they, for they would go to work on the job and somebody would just steal the mouse. He said, oh yeah, do your job. And they're just not going to give the mouse back. And so he said he made it his personal goal to be able to do every single thing you need to do in Excel on a computer without having to rely on the mouse. And lo and behold, he did it. Player three, I'm going to tell you what the secret is. Nick, I'm going to tell you what the secret is right now. Don't ruin this for me. You need to become best friends with the alt key. 
Alt. If you tap the Alt key in a Windows in a Windows application, little numbers show up at the top, like you know that bar where it has all the tools in it, the toolbar. Mm-hmm. Yeah, if you tap the Alt key, little numbers appear next to that. So you can tap that number, and that menu option will open up. And then another smaller menu will open up, and you can tap any one of the letters that correspond with like the different options. So if you if you do that, the program will guide you toward being able to use the Alt shortcut. So you don't have to remember oh. that it's like like Alt. Alt-1 is save. Alt-2 is undo. Alt-3 is this. Alt-H-A-V is home, align, vertical. You, you don't have to memorize all that, but you will if you continue to use it. Mm, so exciting. use the Alt key and let the program guide you toward it. There's very little you can't do with just tapping the Alt key and seeing what options arise. Now, it doesn't work as well in Google Sheets. I, I, I got to say that. If you're yeah, but Google, Google Sheets is fake. I'm not, can't, I, I don't want to learn Google Sheets. I don't want to learn a spreadsheet. No. I don't want to learn Excel. Okay, your turn. New Year's resolution. New Year's resolution. Okay, I was talking to my lovely fiance about this. That, that, that I mean, that's obviously the highlight of the year for me is I got engaged mm-hmm, to, mm-hmm. to the love of my life. So, et cetera. You know, yeah, shout outs to me. <laughs> if, if we're given an award for best engagement of the year, I'm I'm going to happily take it. <laughs> longest uh, but I was just talking, too. Yeah, you're the you're the longest, <laughs> yeah, long, longest, longest engagement. engagement. Whitest sneakers award. I, uh, <laughs> I was just talking with my fiance, and we've agreed that uh, I'm going to start journaling. And I don't mean like, oh, I'm going to write wow. wonderful journal entries. I, I'm going to spend a certain amount of time, probably no more than 15 minutes every day, just writing at night with the daughter of the dean, just for fun. <laughs> or movie quotes she, all of it. I want a scorecard. I'm going to go back. I'm not going to do this, but I could go back and figure out if you can get all the Easter egg movie quotes. Right now, I think they're like four or five. Or five. Many, I've already quoted five shows right now. Did you catch the office one I had just now? 100% obviously. Good. I also caught the Caddyshack one just now. Good. Yeah. Well, with I, the daughter I mean, of the dean. Yeah, with the dog putting. So I'm I'm gonna I'm gonna start doing that. My my fiance yeah. also gave me a, a an early cheater Christmas gift. Yeah, and uh, it was a, it was a sick fountain pen. You ever uh, use a fountain pen? Fountain pen before? No, dude, it's awesome. Do you trust me with ink? No, I ha- I have some like reasonably high quality stationery that I bought a long time ago, and uh, I tried this bad boy out, and it like it feels and sounds like. I'm a medieval scribe sitting mm. in a monastery oh, tower, like, oh, like, like yeah. hockey skating. Like, yeah, it's like it's like somebody's outside skating the frozen river in Norway. Man, it, it, it it's spectacular. So it's going to be a really pleasurable experience, uh, tactilely. But I think it'll mm. also be a good way to kind of organize thoughts, have a little bit more intentionality about. Whoa! How so I the fountain pen the was day. part of the journaling. Yeah, the, well, that was really oh. kind of the inspiration. Yeah, you know. So you know, my my fiat, look. look Every good thing that happens in my life is a result of somebody else doing something good for me. Oh, like there, there's nothing good coming out of this. It's all because of the goodness of the people around me. And this is another classic. Speaking of that, I got my my brother got me a New Yorker. Yes. Um, daily calendar today. This is not mm-hmm. the 19th anymore. Here's the 20th. Um, ironically, you did this ironically. <laughs> I did. I tried to read that an edition of the New Yorker once. For those of you that don't know, because most be most of you, because I don't know most of you. Um, I used Incredible. I studied fiction writing and creative writing in college, and the highlight of my fiction writing career was that I got notes and was asked to do a revision for the New Yorker on a short story, and then uh, radio silence after that. So that's as close as I ever got to to stardom, and I have the email so I saved. I've never read it, and I'm never going to, but I always, I definitely have the vibes of someone who has and has subscribed to the New Yorker for many years. I have never read it. Yes, never. So my interaction you, you, was you sending them an email one or two times. 
You have the vibes of uh, of Brian Griffin from Family Guy, yes. Who like yep. wants people to think he reads the New Yorker, correct? So I did that. I did that kind of as a gag gift, but uh, no, it's I great. It was it. some of this shit was so point on, like on point. Like mm, this is these are <laughs> these are kind of dark. Like these are not like friendly cartoons. These are dark. This is some dark. I, shit. I, I remember seeing one. I can't remember if it was the New Yorker or not, but it was like the New Yorker like kind of art style, and it was uh, this guy in a tattered business suit with these like young children in like loincloths and like mm-hmm. ratty clothes and it was like clearly post-apocalypse and he's like yes children but remember for a short period of time we created a lot of value for shareholders <laughs> you yikes yikes dog that's some that, that's yeah i mean it's these are dark these are dark. all right back over to you do you have any other resolutions or is it just Oh, so I have game uh, game theory revolu- resolutions for me. I think we continue to grow our audience and blah blah blah. I got to do it on YouTube, uh, write more. So I'm gonna I'm gonna try something. I have been writing blogs occasionally for some of our episodes when I am so moved. I'm like, okay, this is let's put this on the internet, see if we get some traffic. I am going to occasionally drop in a Chat GBT blog because you can tell this computer to listen to an episode and write a blog about it, and it has. And I've looked at it, and it's like, holy shit. <laughs> Wow, Not yeah, bad. that's that's one of the things that we gotta we gotta. So, yeah. so I've been on this I've been on this podcast. Anybody that knows me mm-hmm. knows that I'm on a one man uh, crusade. I'm, okay, crusade's too strong a word. Mm. I'm a one man skeptic because uh, I don't think AI is real. I don't think artificial intelligence is actually real. Uh, but this Chat GPT thing uh, might uh, might be shifting the winds a little bit because it's it's a very impressive software program. You could and you can just give this thing prompts. Say like. Yeah, write me a letter uh, in the style of C.S. Lewis. That's Bill Cosby appealing his prison sentence, and yeah. it'll like try to do that. And it's shocking how good this thing is at doing so. It's going to uh, change. I've seen, it's going to change education because people are not going to have to write papers now. Yeah, I I, I think so, and, it, and yeah. it's really a shame. And, and you know, I I know I have at least one or two listeners uh, from the GRHS speech and debate team, the greatest speech and debate team in these United States of America, mm-hmm. and one of the most formative organizations of my entire life. I know I have a couple of listeners, so shout outs to you guys, go go Wolves. Uh, but if uh, if you're listening to this, then you should know the worst mistake you can make is start to try to rely on automatic things to do your thinking for you. Yeah, if you if you can't see where a thing keeps its brain. It's a pretty good idea not to trust that thing. What's really interesting to me, like, we're going to have to do an episode on ChatGPT because the fascinating thing to me, and this has always been true, because I, I do podcasts, I've done television, I did sports play-by-play for um, the SEC Network, which is ESPNU. So I've when been you did it, Valley. You were, you were the voice of the Valley, if I recall. I was, right? yeah, I did a lot of radio stuff. Um, I was the a lot first of Mountain person. Mountain View and Lyman Eagles. Called the first statewide broadcast of state high school football in Wyoming, um, which mm-hmm. is on a DVD somewhere, I think. But I've, I've done all three media, which is makes my resume really strange and, and stuff to people. But one thing that I find really, 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 really fascinating is that we are and will always be readers first. Always. Like, our eyes matter to us so much, it'll blow your mind. So while the chat GBT thing is really crazy that there's writing... Not everybody thinks literarily, but we are all readers. Like no matter what we do. So for example, the wife says she's not a big reader. Got a whole row of textbook behind me that say differently. Like, well, I don't really understand. Like, yeah, so you don't understand what the green light in Great Gatsby means because you're, you know, it was tough for you in high school. But you read all that shit. We all read. Like she goes on Imgur. That's her, her app of choice to wind down at the end of the night. But she reads the stories. Like you're reading an article. This yeah. is no like when when they put like the multi paragraph Instagram captions. That's reading. We are readers. So for yes. ChatGPT to take away the writing portion of it, I'm 
as a writer, as someone who gets paid to do that, and like, could this thing theoretically do my job? It couldn't do the reporting aspect and getting original information. No, but could it write it? Probably. I'm kind of tempted to just do one and file it and see what they do just to see what happens. Like, give it the, my original reporting. So like, turn this shit into that. But at the end of the day, yeah. the audience always are going to read. We love reading. So that's a re- I guess that's another New Year's resolution is to give the people more game theory reading. Yeah, I think I think that's a good idea, and you know, we, we have plenty of tools available to us, mm-hmm. and it's just a matter of, of of compiling the things. I want to give a brief shout out to the newsletter. R.I.P. to the newsletter. Yeah, uh, yeah. R.I.P. to the newsletter. On that one. Yeah. So we got a couple of subscribers, and I've communicated with those that have actually signed up. Like, I, that will be a thing. It is going to be mm-hmm. a thing one day. It is actually incredibly difficult. Um, yes. and uh, I bit off more than I could chew, but I got pretty close. So we are. It's going to be a thing. I promise. And there are whole templates, but we have this this woman that I might actually do. A sister podcast with another day. Uh, I'm an old friend from college, Sydney, and she's going to help us with the newsletter, and I'm going to be on a, a podcast with her sometime at some point, which I'm sure we'll talk about. Okay. Yeah. Shout out to Sydney. Sydney, Sydney shouts that she's the best. We're going to see her this weekend. Speaking of that, um, Christmas Eve, Sydney will be here. You'll be here. The folks will be here. Let's talk about Christmas and Hanukkah. So first yes. thing we have to talk about is Hanukkah. I want to talk about Hanukkah first because we're in the middle of it right now. And we are. We're on the early end of Hanukkah. It's a spectacular holiday. Let's talk about it. So here's the dealio. Uh, when I was a kid, we learned about Hanukkah as part of our required education in the state of Wyoming in the United States of America. I was how like, many Jews were there in Green River when we were growing up, Nick? Exactly. So there are Zero. about a hundred Jews in Wyoming, we think. <laughs> Which yeah, I, I can't blame. I can't blame uh, the chosen people for not wanting to advertise in certain states that they're Jewish. I totally, totally vibe with that. But regardless, when I was in school, I was like, eight gifts, one gift a night, that's bullshit. And now I'm like, fuck, that's a sweet kick. Yeah, that's awesome. <laughs> that is awesome. Like, yeah, but it, it's, it's a really interesting holiday, too, because I, it's, it's almost like, you know, the, the, the American culture, I think, presents it as like, not, I don't want to say an alternative to Christmas, because yeah. it, it, it kind of is like generally celebrated by, by America at large. Yeah. Uh, it's, it's, like, it's one of the reasons that we have happy holidays and yeah. we Anybody who's upset about that, like that, the expression "Happy Holidays," like just shut up and turn off our podcast. Like, go away. <laughs> yeah, we're we're not interested in that. But it's it's a it's a really interesting holiday because uh, it has a unique place, I think, in like Jewish traditions. Like, it's it's not in it's not in the Old Testament. It's not yeah. in the Jewish Bible. It's a it's, legend, it, it, right? It, it's like a it's like a thing. It's like an oral history. I think I think so. I mean, and you know, I you'd have to ask a Jewish person or like a you have to ask somebody who knows. Right, somebody stuff. write us because I know that we yes, have Jewish listeners. Because you know what, I should have gotten over this in demographics. Israel is our number four country. Wow. Yeah. Well, shout out to Israel. Yeah. What's up? We're uh, actually way big, way, way, way bigger in Israel than many other American podcasts. Wow. Statistically, okay. Yeah, most podcasts don't have the same percentile that we have in Israel. A lot of lot of game enthusiasts in Israel. Uh, it's because I was a chess streamer and I had a, I had a, my big following uh, was in Israel. Uh, <laughs> and they, came, I see. they came over. Yeah, what's up? Okay, okay. So, you know, so tell everybody. us how Hanukkah happened. Well, Hanukkah is is based on this. Uh, it's based on like what a lot of modern day Christians would consider like an apocryphal story in the Old Testament, or okay. it's it's in it's in historical texts, but it's not actually in like the Jewish Bible. So yes, it's, it uh, feels like it's yeah, it's like a legend. It's not part of the religion. Yeah. It, it, Mm, I, I don't know if you can say that. Like I think it is part of the religion. It's it, it's definitely a cultural celebration. So it, yeah. it's known as the Festival of Lights, uh, and it's an example of the triumph of like the Jewish, like the, basically like the Hebrew faith over religious persecution. I mean, like that's 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 arguably like the main through line of right. of Jewishness throughout history. I mean, like persecution has been around every single corner for all time and always, and like there have been you know, it, 
in you know umpteen different parties who are responsible for like anti-Jewishness, anti-Semitism. Yep, 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 uh, but so when there are like major triumphs like this, uh, then it's it's worth celebrating. So in this case, uh, the Jews were able to escape the oppression of Antiochus, who was uh, the, the Syrian king at the time. Yeah, uh, and it's it's an eight night celebration, like you said, and it involves basically lighting a series of candles. So you light one candle every night on this thing called a menorah, uh, and I, I'm not even going to try to say like the Hebrew name for what the menorah is, but that's really what what it's called in English. Uh, and you light one candle every day of the holiday. You play with this thing called a dreidel, which, which is a fun little tool. Which yeah, a lot of them. Yeah. yeah it, if anybody learned about Hanukkah in elementary school, like the dreidel was part and parcel with that. Yeah, uh, you yeah. also eat a lot of latkes, which is basically like every culture has potato pancakes. Basically, you eat a lot of latkes, and then of course you uh, you, you you give gifts, and, and you know it's uh, it, it's a very it, it's a very wintertime seasonal holiday in that sense. There's a lot of celebration. There's a celebration of light. There's celebrations of gift giving. There's celebrations of you know playing games and being and being jovial with, with each other, uh, and, and and it has this story about. Uh, in the second century BC, uh, Antiochus IV was outlawing Jewish practices. So this like Greek influence on the Jewish culture in in the couple centuries before you know BC, mm-hmm. uh, there was the, this strong influx of Greek culture, largely because of Alexander the Great, and so the forcible adop- adoption of Greek rituals in place of Jewish practices uh, was kind of the norm. And so, in this case, uh, the this act of Jewish rebellion uh, by this guy named uh, Mati Tiahu. Uh, I don't know Good how guess. to say that. Sorry. Good guess. Sure. Yeah. So they they basically uh, they they kind of rebelled against this, and so in 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 the second century there were a number of uh, rebellions, and uh, that's where we get the name Maccabees, which is, means uh, men who are strong as hammers. Oh. Uh, yeah, and so so Nick, you've heard of the of the books of Maccabees, mm-hmm. one and two Maccabees. That's part of the Catholic canon. Yeah, it's part of the Catholic Church's scripture, but it's not part of Jewish scripture. So a really interesting. interesting kind of place. And so, uh, so the, the the point is that um, in 165, Maccabees you know triumphed in this uh, in, in this conflict against the Greeks, uh, and uh, there's this like reclamation of the Holy Temple. Uh, but the problem is the Jewish army was only able to find enough oil to light this menorah during uh, you know, during a rededication of the temple following this victory. Uh, they only found one bottle of oil. So mm. theoretically, you know, you can use one bottle of oil per night to, to light this candle. Uh, but by some miracle, uh, the oil lasted for eight nights. And that's, so, the, that's the celebration. Right. The celebration is that that... that the the duration of the lighting uh, it, during the rededication of the temple gave the Jews enough time to procure more oil so that they could have like a sustainable light. Uh, and you, and you know, for for a lot of modern day Christians, like the presence of the temple is kind of like a thing we take for granted. Like, oh yeah, church is a church, and it's 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 a sanctified space and whatever. But you know, it really doesn't matter. In in especially in ancient times, but you know, even through to today, the physical place, like the physical temple matters a lot because like it's physically where God is located in the world. And so, you know, being able to rededicate this temple space uh, was, was a hugely important thing. It wasn't like you, you couldn't just like build a stand in structure. Like you can't just like in, in the Catholic tradition, you can have mass outside. You can have mass really in any location as long as you're able to like set up an altar, but like you can't really do the same thing uh, in the Jewish tradition. And so being able to, uh, you know, for, for for this this oil to last eight times as long as as they thought it would miraculously with no explanation, uh, and that giving them the chance to procure more oil to 
dedicate the temple. Uh, really big celebration. And, and so you know, we celebrate that miracle even to today. Yes. So, and I kind of want to get into the celebration of Hanukkah. So there is this um, religious historian named Diane Ashton who has kind of traced Hanukkah as a celebration in the U.S. for about 150, 200 years and has found that it is in a lot of ways the celebration, not the event and not the religious ramifications of the event, but the celebration in the Western, uh, in Western society is essentially created as like, I don't say like a Jewish Christmas, but it's like an end of the year party in a way that like Hanukkah hadn't tr- traditionally been celebrated. A lot of that has to do with America mm-hmm. and uh, economic prominence and whatnot, which is I kind of th- find that reassuring because we know that Constantine essentially invented Christmas to line up with the pagan holiday of the solstice so that everyone would party at the same time. And then the economy in Rome and I guess at that time, Constantinople would everyone would vibe at the same time, even though Jews- Jesus was probably born closer to March. Um, everyone's like, well, yeah, April, we're chilling. Really. So, uh, so the Western hemisphere version of that has become Hanukkah and Christmas. Like we're all doing this. We're all spending money. We're eating, we're drinking, we're vibing. New year starts in a week. And that's, and I kind of like in a weird way, I really like that. I don't want to like say it's a Jewish Christmas, but Hanukkah and Christmas have a lot in common in that they are not in the top two or three important religious holidays. Like for, for, for Christians and Catholics, like Easter, like that, the point of being Christian is Easter. In, 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 the, in Judaism, uh, Yom Kippur and Passover, like there are things that matter religiously. These are vibes. Yeah, I mean, no it really, it, it is. Yeah, no, yeah. It, and, you know, I also want to point out that, that that's kind of, uh, that's a very, like, American, I don't yeah. want to say it's strictly American either. It's more like a modern thing, you know. Yep. It, for a long time, like, the early church fathers in, in the Christian tradition thought that the incarnation was like, like, that's it, man. I mean, God becomes man, and, like, Easter was almost kind of like a secondary thing. And you know, that that's way, 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 way oversimplifying it. Uh, but it, 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 it was like, it took some serious thought to kind of come to the realization that, like, well, no, actually, like, Jesus's triumph over death and resurrection, like that was a big deal, and so Christmas kind of like took second place. But like in the in the first century or so afterward, it's like holy crap! I mean, just two hundred years ago, we were celebrating the ability to rededicate a temple because we thought God only existed in this one physical place, or God was right, only right, able right, to dwell right. among us in this one place. And now it's like, all right, God is here on earth. Like that's it. I mean, you know, nothing else matters. Uh, so you know, the, the, these cultural interpretations of religious doctrine like that that changes over time uh but what doesn't change is that like the need to celebrate like you got to celebrate these major things and uh, especially in the northern hemisphere where you've got of like in america we've got a lot of like european history and you know, obviously europe is rich with all kinds of like pagan traditions and like different like all kinds of peoples all over the place coming from all sorts of different religious backgrounds uh celebrating like you know, let's be together through the winter let's right, like right, we right, got right. we had a good bountiful harvest like let's continue to celebrate and you know stay warm and uh, enjoy each other and and so like the christianization of pagan holidays uh, the the celebration of hanukkah even though it has a, a different place than like yom kippur or other jewish holidays like the, you're right i mean it's the best vibes based holidays and like there are some old traditions that are you know that might seem kind of archaic or pointless but you know really kind of sticking to these old traditions and like having a little bit of remembrance for the people that came before, I think is, is well worth doing and uh, what better way to do it than with, uh, with food and drink. Yeah. um, It's, it's, and it helps the economy, which Constantine wanted like a short period at the end of the year where he could be like, okay, 
everyone shut nobody. up and spend money. Like, everybody. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> like just shut up and spend money. And we do. Yeah. And it's great. Then we, get, we spend money to make things that are Christmassy and Hanukkah-ish, and then we buy them. So, But I want to talk about Dreidel because Dreidel's cool. It's the game yeah, with the top. It's a, four-sided, it's a four-sided die top, essentially. You spin it, and it lands on a thing. But before you do it, you essentially bet on what it's going to come up as. Um, Dreidel was a very dumb and primitive game thousands of years ago. The reason that it's important to Hanukkah culture is that when children were studying scripture at that time, which uh, Judaism was the only monotheist religion um, that was widespread at that point in time. So mm-hmm. when, when, when young Jews were studying scripture, which they were not supposed to be doing in many parts of the world, they would have this dreidel, this little top in their pocket. And then when the people would be like, what are you kids doing? They would just play this stupid top game. It is a stupid game. And the reason I'm shitting on it so much, I'm going to read you the opening paragraph from an article published in the MIT Press Reader. Uh, It's titled Dreidel, a seemingly foolish game that contains the moral world in miniature. Here's the opening (laughs) paragraph. (laughs) Superficially, terrible terrible first word of of a story. They're describing the prisoner's dilemma, dog. Exactly, yes. But it's like a a double prisoner's dilemma because it's a a one-fourth chance of being right, so then nobody wins. Okay. Superficially, Dreidel looks like a simple game of luck and a badly designed game at that. It yes. lacks balance, clarity, and meaningful strategic choice. So it's just like rock, paper, scissors. Is rock, paper, scissors, said. baby. From this perspective, its prominence in the modern Hanukkah tradition is puzzling. Why encourage children to spend a holy evening gambling, of all things? Dude, Why they're coins of chocolate. Fuck off. Relax. Yeah, come on. Oh, man. So it's a, um, there's no way to win dreidel. It's, 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 yeah. a, it's, a, it's a Nash equilibrium, of course. Okay, so Christmas is coming, and you're coming to my house. Yes, I am. Yeah. I'll be making the trek out to old Carolina. Carolina. Really excited about that. Going to Carolina. Okay. Um, so I have to ask you a question. Go on. Getting uh, Christmas presents. And how do you feel about the fact that sometimes when you have something delivered to your house, the company that mm. snitched on you by putting their branding mm. all over the goddamn box. So I have, I know what, I know the company that I got. So like, my wife got me something and then I work from home. So I pulled it into the apartment. I was like, Oh, very irritating. <laughs> well, that narrows it down. Well, you, you know, do? my like, mistake was, I, I did the same thing I do every year, which is I waited far too long. Yep, and so I didn't trust the, the, uh, shipping infrastructure. I, I don't want to disparage UPS. Love, no. love the postal service, but uh, we need I them trust the shipping system. Hu- Huge, important part of our society, of course. Yo, by the way, we got to do an episode on the postal inspectors. That's uh, like, if, if okay. the postal inspectors get involved with investigating a crime, like, you're going to, like, real, for real jail. Like, none of this, I've never none of this heard had a hearing time. Dude, they are bad, bad dudes. Postal inspectors? The post, you, if, if you see a major crime, I, I, there was a, there was an event, they, there was, like, an, an espionage event that, that happened in Washington, uh, they they, they kind of happen all the time, but there was one that happened in this Navy yard. This uh, so very very quick story time. This postal worker was delivering mail to this apartment, and I I can't remember if they were asking directions or what, but some resident like bullied and like berated this postal inspector, so they reported it, and so the postal inspector service came to like follow up with like our po- people are getting harassed here, like what the hell? So they were asking around about that. And so they asked some of the residents of the building and they said, oh, yeah, you can ask so-and-so. Like, they probably, like, I didn't see anything about it, but these people are doing, like, surveillance. Like, they ask about and they, like, film the building and stuff. And they're like, oh, 
That's interesting. So they did this huge investigation, and they brought in like Homeland Security, and they brought in the FBI and all this stuff. And, the, and obviously, the postal inspector was involved because this like postal worker got bullied. But basically, two Iranians had been impersonating U.S. government officials and had like security clearances, and they were like doing surveillance on people. Like basically, spies got caught, and it wasn't the FBI that caught them. It wasn't Homeland Security that caught them. It was the damn U.S. postal inspector. And it's like you guys are done. The game is the game is up now. You, know, you can you can try to run from the other cops. You can try to run from the regular guys. You cannot. Well, run and you can you can buy the other cops. Oh, just Ooh, kidding. Yeah, I would brutal, never allege that. I would never allege that. No, for real. You can <laughs> you can look up the U.S. Postal Inspector. We got to do an episode on these. That's guys, a good call. Like, I've never heard of this thing. You're just dropping this bomb, dude. on me right now. Oh I'm you. man. So last year at Christmas, we got. I taught you and my dad about the. Uh, that the delirium Noel that everyone knows about yes. Mad Elf in the Northeast, yes. but the dancing elephant is actually the one that makes you warm in the face pretty quick. I had I just bought a case of uh, delirium nocturnum. Nocturnum, yeah, that's the uh, Dark, that's a good one. Darker side of delirium. Yeah, abso- a- absolutely. So, uh, what did you ask Santa for for Christmas? Because I didn't get it for you. Well, I asked Santa for peace on earth, um, goodwill toward men. Mm. And, you know, I, I wouldn't hate it if I got myself a, a nice single barrel uh, bottle of Jack Daniels. Just, just a bottle of Jack, just single barrel Jack. Single barrel, single barrel, barrel yeah. Jack. As I get older, I'm starting to find that uh, my tastes are getting better, but I'm, like, willing to compromise much more. That's right. Uh, and I wish for an end to Elf on the Shelf. I'm tired of that. <laughs> That's Stop training kids about the surveillance state. Oh, well, Merry Christmas, Happy Hanukkah, Happy Kwanzaa, Happy Solstice. Is that what people say? Yeah. I don't know. I guess we'll see. I would say see you next year. I don't know. The Washington episode will either be next week or if we take a week off. Kiss my ass. Kiss my ass. Kiss your ass. Kiss his ass. ass. Happy Hanukkah. (sighs) Uh, Forgive my husband. He knows not what he does. Amen.